for me, it was the right fit you know, against the New York Giants. Like, this is this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am Art Stapleton, and I am a little raspy right now. Not really sure why, but still <clears throat> in the press box at MetLife Stadium, the New York Giants, the 7-2 New York Giants, 24-16 winners over the Houston Texans. This was the game they had to have, and... Boy, you know, I wrote my column, just posted to NorthJersey.com, and the reality is Saquon Barkley and Dexter Lawrence, two of the three most talented players on the Giants, and I would put Andrew Thomas as the third. They dominated today. Saquon Barkley, a career high at any level, 35 carries, 152 yards and a touchdown late in the third quarter. That puts some distance on the scoreboard. Dexter Lawrence, five quarterback hits, one sack. It was technically two half sacks that he ended up sharing to. But overall, just when the Giants get their best players to play their best to elevate their game that's why this team is making big strides in key moments in games now they are not perfect they are far from a perfect product there's a lot to look at in terms of what this team is doing in games and why games are so close But the reality is, if you look at this playoff picture, getting the seven wins, with the Lions coming here next week, the three-win Lions, I believe it is, typical, the spread opens at eight and a half. That is way high. You know that spread is getting down by midweek, probably turn around a five range. With the Lions winning on the road for the first time, I think it was since 2020, Snapped a 13-game road losing streak. The reality is these Giants have earned their right to be in the position to challenge for a playoff spot. Two years ago, they were six wins. Now they have seven. Last year, we know. So you got to give them a lot of credit. Now, coming off the bye week, losing Xavier McKinney, the way they did, the ATV accident. I don't know if the Giants knew how they were going to show up today. I don't know if Brian Dable knew how this team was going to respond. But this defense was outstanding yet again. Dane Belton gets an interception, similar to the way Xavier McKinney got interceptions last year, playing center field, saw the ball up in the air, closed the gap, and ended up making a a great toe-tap interception in the end zone. But overall, you know, it's kind of funny. We don't mention Daniel Jones at the top. His touchdown pass to Darius Slayton 
two guys, Malik Collins and Mario Addison, were in Daniel Jones's face. They hit him before the ball was out of his hands. Yet Jones did a great job getting the ball to Slayton. Slayton, the bobble, cost rookie Jalen Petre to overrun the play. And then Slayton turned around, went up the field, and did the rest. And when you look at that 54-yard touchdown pass early in the third quarter, and then Barkley's two-yard touchdown run late in the third quarter, this team made the plays that they needed to make yet again. Now, you want to pick about where this game could have turned? You know, the Giants were up 7-3, to three, and they were driving. And they had a th- fourth and one in their own territory. Uh, I'm sorry, not in their own territory, in the Texans' territory. And making a, a push for the end zone. And it's fourth and one, and they, brought, they used this formation several times. They brought in three offensive linemen. Nick Gates, Jack Anderson, and Matt Pert, in addition to the five that they had on the field. And they had all three check in with the officials as eligible receivers. And I talked to Nick Gates afterwards, and he said, it's pretty easy to remember to check in, because Gates came in also in other formations he said, you, you remember to check in. He said, but everyone in the huddle was doing a good job of reminding those guys, hey, did you check in with the officials? Which I thought was very interesting. And I didn't get who it was. They said it was just collective. But that says something for this team to know the situation, the situational awareness. Now, obviously, the fourth and one, they call some shifting Gates shifts into the backfield at fullback. Jack Anderson shifts out of the backfield to almost a wingback. And then Anderson commits a false start on fourth and one. Now, Daniel Jones had kept the ball, dove forward, gotten the first down. They didn't get the first down because of the penalty. So it goes to fourth and six, and then suddenly they're punting. And Jamie Gillen, look, it's been a problem all year. It's just what the Giants are dealing with with Gillen. He's inconsistent. He's called the Scottish Hammer for a reason. He is not a directional punter. It's a part of his game that he's continued to work on, but you just haven't seen that develop the way you'd like to see it. And in that situation, instead of going for it at fourth and six, which I thought Brian Dable might, they didn't. They turned to Gillen, and he put it in the end zone. So then the Texans come back, and ultimately the st- the score stays 7-3. There was an opportunity there to go up 14-3. Giants had all the momentum, and I truly believe if they had converted that fourth down, they go in, they go in 14-3, and it's very likely that the Texans go into the tank. But it wasn't that way. And the Giants had to fight for it in the second half. And they did. And they won this game. So now you sit there and you look at the wild cards. A big moment 
for the Giants in terms of opponent, where they're going to be. Tampa Bay beating Seattle in Germany is very interesting because right now the Giants would be slotted for the second wild card. And there's a long way to go. There's a lot of games to be played. But you're talking about the second wild card for the Giants. If San Francisco ends up winning the NFC West and bumping Seattle to a wild card, the Giants lose that tiebreaker. And right now the three wild cards are shaping up to be Dallas, the Seattle-San Francisco loser, and the Giants. So the Giants could be looking at anywhere from 5, 6, 7. You know, the Giants will get their opportunity to play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And right now, the Cowboys are the favorites. They've beaten the Giants already. You know, but if they're going to get to that point and get to 8-2 and two and then have their shot in Dallas, that's going to happen. But there's a big difference. Minnesota winning in Buffalo today. The Giants are going to see Minnesota as well on Christmas Eve. So Minnesota is likely, again, if you're projecting now, you'd have Philly 1, Minnesota 2, the NFC West winner at 3, and then the NFC South winner at 4. So Tampa Bay will likely take a big step forward to that fourth spot, and then 5, 6, 7 will be the two NFC East teams and the other team from the NFC West. That's the way it's looking right now. So if you're the Giants and you're sitting at six, you're probably looking at a trip to either San Francisco or Seattle. If you're the Giants and you're sitting at seven, you're probably looking at a rematch with Minnesota. Uh, That's just projecting, and that's what we do on a podcast. That's the beauty of it. So let's look at it that way and see where we're at. A month from now but that's kind of where it's setting up this was a huge win for the Giants didn't matter how they got it they needed the win they needed to get to seven and two and next week they need to get to eight and two because then you look at the rest of the schedule you take your shot against Dallas you've got Philadelphia twice you've got Washington twice you have the Colts here on New Year's Day and then obviously like I said you go to Christmas Eve to Minnesota If you can get to 10 wins, you're probably going to be a wild card in the NFC. And I think the Giants took a huge step towards that. A couple different things to talk about before we move forward. I talked to Andrew Thomas after this one-on-one. I'm going to have a story on Andrew and the offensive line. Uh, It's an amazing thing, the consistency that Andrew Thomas has put up at left tackle here. Again, another game where... You wouldn't even have known he was there. And, you know, they have some good pro- good pass rushers here with the Texans. They do. Jerry Hughes is pretty good. Uh, gave the Eagles a little trouble when they played. And Andrew Thomas in the run game especially. I mean, there was a time in this game where it was almost like, okay, Saquon, run behind Andrew Thomas and started getting this thing going. So I talked to Andrew Thomas about that. Uh, He opened up about how he stayed hungry in the bye week. I think you'll enjoy that story. It's posting on NorthJersey.com for subscribers on Monday. So if you're not subscribed yet, please go to the subscription page. Take advantage of the latest offer for the the NorthJersey.com digital subscription. You can read all my coverage, and especially that story about Andrew Thomas. I think you'll really enjoy it. I asked him what he thought of the debates uh, about who's the best tackle in football, who's the best left tackle in football. 
Uh, so he gave me good answers on that. I think you'll enjoy it. And I talked to him about there was a toss-crack play today uh, that he not only blocked one defender but two and allowed Saquon Barkley uh, to get more yardage. Uh, we talked about that. I think you'll enjoy his answer with that. So that's where we're at with the Giants, 7-2. and two. Again, we're all in. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Leonard Williams today. I think Leonard Williams played well as as well. I think Dane Belton's interception, as I mentioned, was a big moment in this game. The biggest play of the game, I thought, was the Dexter Lawrence drawn holding penalty. Negated a touchdown for the Texans, and that was a huge play. And they just can't handle Dexter Lawrence inside. So I'll leave you with this. It's in my column. But Kayvon Thibodeau, I asked him about what he sees from Dexter Lawrence. And he said, you know, essentially, with all due respect to Aaron Donald, who I haven't seen play in person, it's him and him, meaning Dexter and Aaron Donald. And that's high praise. I know Thibodeau is just talking about from a teammate's perspective. But when you talk about Aaron Rogers and his praise for Dexter Lawrence earlier this year, relaying the messages from his interior line, and then you talk about what Kayvon said today about Aaron Donald. Dexter Lawrence isn't Aaron Donald, but it's pretty close. So I'll leave you with this thought. How smart does it look now that the Giants picked up Dexter Lawrence's fifth-year option? Just under $11 million a year for next year. They have the comfort. He's under the contract. I would imagine Joe Shane and company will try to get a long-term extension done. I thought that was interesting that Saquon Barkley talked about how his representatives and the Giants have talked contract extension. The Giants let it be known that they want him here. Saquon says he wants to be a Giant for life. They have the franchise tag, which is just about $12 million dollars to make sure that Saquon doesn't go anywhere if they want to use that. So, as I wrote in my column, Barkley and Lawrence, two cornerstones, came up big on Sunday, and the Giants are now 7-2. Thanks, for always, for being all in. We'll stay all in, and we'll catch you this week.